Welcome to Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy, joined by Vance. Hi, Vance. Good evening. Good evening. We have Bryce on the phone. Hi, Bryce. How you doing? Good. All right. This podcast brought to you by Fat AZ Musky Products. You can find us on our homepage. It's fatazmusky.com. We have a Facebook page, an Instagram page, a Twitter page, a YouTube channel. It kind of goes down in that order from most up-to-date to, date to uh, hardly ever used. So don't expect too much if you're a first-time listener. Um, all right, so where are we at here? I got... A lot of rod holders. In fact, we're making a whole bunch more right now because I don't want to say I'm running low, but I am getting low on our most popular model. Uh, it is our slanted base with a down east. I have a boatload getting made, not necessarily as we speak, but they are in production during working hours. Um, I probably have a couple dozen left right now, and those could be gone in a day. They could be gone in a couple weeks, but they are hit and miss moving out. But when they move, they move a lot in just a few short days. So if you're looking to set up your boat for some fall fishing, you know, those fall fatties, Vance, fall fatties. Yeah. Hey, fall fatties. Yeah. All, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay. Perfect. I want to make sure you're still alive. So with that being said, uh, hit me up if you're looking to set up a boat for trolling. And moving on from that, Bates, look for them at Team Rhino Outdoors or Muskie Tackle Online. I do not have any sellable inventory of Raptors. They should have just about probably the only sellable stuff online from retail outlets. So uh, be sure to check those two places out. We're going to have swimmers shortly. Uh, We have a, a ton of swimmers ready to go in all sizes, new colors new patterns uh check the social media out we'll do a drop prior to show season but that'll kind of be a sh- show season special we'll have new new colors of swimmers and uh all that stuff so uh right pay close attention to that they're about halfway done and there's a whole bunch of them so there's a whole process on making them and i'd say they're they're a little bit better than halfway done so we're over the hill I'd on s- those yeah so two-thirds uh, going into Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Get a hold of me and Todd up here on Chautauqua Lake. Um, we have probably about 10 days we could do in October um, left. Uh, fishing has been phenomenal all year round. Um, it's Chautauqua. It's a place, like we always say, where everybody can catch them and they're all small. But sometimes that's not the case. Come check us out up here. Uh, we work our tail off to get you on some fish. Uh, it's good and educational time. Love taking people out. Love the clients. I, I think, Vance, it, you should explain a little bit because some people don't get the inside joke of that they're all small. Do you want to hit, like, a 30-second explanation of that? Sure, yeah. I mean, people come to this lake expecting to catch a bunch of them, and they've essentially moved on. Uh and called claim that they're trophy hunters, but they never really caught anything in the first place. So they're just like trophy hunters instead. And then they would always like turn a blind eye to Chautauqua. And even when they fished Chautauqua, they'd catch one maybe and uh, make a bunch of social media posts about it, which is 
I mean, just like insert foot and mouth stuff, but uh, just an inside joke. And, you know, that that's it. So shout out to the trophy hunters. Shout out to uh, Chautauqua Lake. What a beautiful place. I love fishing it every day. If you come and fish with us, uh, you will be fishing out of Ranger boats. And I got some news today that my new Ranger is in uh, the 2020 model uh, of the 2080 uh, that I'll be fishing out of. Uh, I'll probably break it into November and then we'll fish out of it all next season. Um, big shout out to Ranger for sponsoring Muddy Creek and this show. A uh, big shout out to Vic Sports Center where we get those Rangers fr- from. Check them out for all your service needs. Uh, all your boating needs, StarCraft, Star Welds, uh, good used inventory, and uh, the Ranger boats. We also use St. Croix rods. Uh, I'm digging the trolling rods. I'm beating them up, and I'm not really having a problem with them. Um, haven't lost any of them. Uh, they're nice. Check St. Croix out. Um, and like I said, come check us out here on Chautauqua Lake. It's been really, really good uh, this season. So that's my spiel that's your spiel okay and if anyone's looking forward to tournaments we have the beast of the east tournament put on by i think chapter 64 the nittany valley muskie alliance that is a muskies inc chapter that is going to be early october google search beast of the east tournament or chapter 64 nittany valley muskie alliance for more details they have it up on a website all that stuff is fly fishing only. And I know no, we've, we've talked, I know we've talked about this and maybe we should probably get the director on there to talk a little more about it. And I can make some really stupid jokes, but I'm going to hold those jokes right now. Cause, um, with that also, also big shout out to Baker Bates, Baker lures, check those out. Uh, we use them up here a lot. I know Bryce uses them in Utah. Uh, they pretty much get crushed from coast to coast. So, uh, Check out Zach, support uh, local bait makers. Uh, these things are legit. So The Muskie Max. I know we've talked about it the last couple of weeks, but any vendors who are thinking about joining us at the Muskie Max, March 7th and 8th at Princecape Arena, you need to get registered. Spaces are filling up very fast. More information can be found at muskymax.com. That is musky with an I-E, not a Y. But pretty much any web browser now will correct that for you in any kind of a search. But uh, just trying to be professional. Bryce, you would love that show. Yeah, I've heard there's um, some great newer builders out there. So it's it's on my to-do list, but, you know, I'll get there when I can. All the way out there in Utah. Bryce, if you come out... Because of your travels, I will grant you one free swimmer. <laughs> wow. We'll, we'll make it happen then. I'm there. <laughs> you heard it here. I can sweet talk them all. <laughs> you can take a four-hour plane flight into Pittsburgh. <laughs> For a 15 to $18 base. I mean, <laughs> Who where wouldn't? else can you find that? Where else can you? Can you find that hospitality? It's I can just... tell you this, not at any other show. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to pass that up. <laughs> hey, man. They're good baits. Well, just think of all the shipping you'd save. You know, that's like a $4 shipping charge. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's beautiful stuff. 
All right, one last plug before we let Bryce do some talking. So, Vance, have you ever thought like, man, I'd really wish there was like a club for musky fishermen, you know, where you could talk musky stuff? Once. You've thought about that once, huh? Like, mm-hmm. like maybe if if they just had like this like database where you could just like search and see like different lakes and baits and stuff like that and try to put together some trends, maybe you're going on vacation. Wouldn't that be cool if there was something like that? There really would. That that would be neat. And wouldn't it be neat if they had like a like a nationwide point system that you know you could register catches. And it's like a silent tournament all year long. Wouldn't that be cool? Be uh, extraordinary. Okay, now let me ask you this, Vance. What if all of this existed and you entered that tournament and you won it? How would you feel? That I'd feel like a uh, a champion. Well, I'm going to tell you what, my friend. That does exist. Wow, <laughs> such energy coming from you. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got off the water. I'm a bit, I'm a bit kicked in the tail here. Man, I was setting that one up perfect. <laughs> you gave me a wow. <laughs> wow. No, but seriously, Muskie thinks legit. It's our sounding voice. Uh, of course, I participated in that point system thing last year for me and my wife. Uh, it was neat. Um. We won. You have access to the Lunge Lodge or Lunge Lodge Lunge Log, and uh, you can register fish. You could see uh, what what's hot on one lake on Chautauqua, all the way over to the ones in uh, Utah. Um, so check them out. Join your lo- local chapter. It's our sounding voice uh, if you really want to get things done in musky fishing. I don't know where musky fishing would be without it, honestly. Especially in Pennsylvania, it would probably suck. Um, so check them out, join your local chapter. It's 40 some bucks. It's the price of a bait. Uh, it's a year's worth of goodness. Yeah. Access to information, calendar, nice magazines. It's a, it's a great periodical. So, yeah, but it's really like outside all that stuff, what the clubs are doing are, uh, what make it unique and, because we always say our sounding voice. So check out your local chapter, join up and uh, have some fun. If if I had to wrap up this last plug for Muskie's Inc. in one word, I think Vance did it best. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. All right, Bryce, our guest. How's it going, everyone? So um, I'm Bryce Scanlon. I'm a Muskie's Inc. member, chapter uh, 65, Mount West Muskie. And, yeah, you know, we're just, I'm just glad to be here. And I, I've got some cool stuff, you know, we've been, you guys have been hammering on the musky zinc and my chapter that I'm a part of, it's all about the chapters. Like you said, the, it's the people in those, in these groups who drive and help the future. Like the group, the people make these, these chapters successful. And I think our chapter is getting a pretty good name for the things we've done. I don't know if you guys heard of some of the projects that our chapters has done, but I'd like to talk about a few of them. I'd like you to talk about all the ones you want to talk about, because I haven't heard of any of them. Here's here's the interesting thing about it. This is Bryce is from Utah. That's not a place you would think where muskies are. And I think that muskies Inc. has a big driving force behind a good fishery over there. And hopefully – 
Bryce, before I interrupted him, is going to paint this picture of how they get stuff done over there. Yeah, so let's, let's go back to the roots. So I think our Tigers have been here about 20 years. But we have a one of our main biologists is actually from Minnesota. His name is Sorno, and he's like the the godfather of muskie fishing out here. He grew up fishing in Minnesota from what I've been told, and he's basically spearheaded the, the process out here, and our lake produces the biggest tigers in the country, you know, and year in, year out, we have big-headed, super-fat, beautiful-looking tigers up at this high elevation, and it's it's been on the map, you know, probably the last, I'd say, 10 years, and Muskie's Inc., I think we've been affiliated with them for about four years, and the things we've accomplished, I think we started out with like 15 members, and now we're well over 100 with members in like five or six different states, not just Utah. So we're, we're super proactive. We've got people from the youth all the way up to 70 plus years old, I believe, in our, in our chapter. So super diverse, bunch of hardworking, just tiger freaks. You know, we're musky addicts out here. We, we chase these fish because the trout get boring. The small trout. I mean, we got monster lake trout, but we chase the trophies. We want the we want the big fish. But uh, a cool project that we've been working with, and I'd like to give a plug to our DNR, the you know the D- Division of Natural Resources out here. They partnered with us in doing a study. So we've been tagging fish. I believe it's been three years, and the data is coming in, and the data is crazy. It's 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 awesome to see with some structure. We have uh, two people that are basically compiling all the information of the catches, the tags, the recaptures, and um, their names are Blake and Troy Lynn. They, they keep all, like, they've been in charge of this, I think, the, the last year, and they've just put in an Excel document. So every month they update what's been caught, the lengths. Like, the science behind it is pretty damn cool. So how, so this initial tagging uh, process, how are they doing it? Were they just catching them by hook and line or were they uh, getting them in like what they do up here in like a, a brood stock situation where they get them in nets or how are they tagging these fish initially? So before we actually physically tagged them, they used to set out the nets in the, in the, it was in the fall. And I remember a story, one of my buddies, he actually saw, it was like buoyed off and we're like, what the, he's like, what the hell is this? And there's a muskie in the net. He goes and cuts the net, lets the muskie go and come to find out it's the deep. <laughs> In our, he's like, oh, you know, my bad. But um, so yeah, first it was the nets, but um, the last three years, it's you had to be basically taught by the DNR. We'd we'd have a big group meeting. We they would show us how to properly tag and fin clip these fish. So we were not only tagging, but we were fin clipping them to see the age on their fins, you know, and then doing the sex, the, the sex of the fish, and just kind of going with it, like. But we have basically we have, you had to be certified. You get a little piece of paper stuff, and you never said anything. You were you know were legit. And from years ago now, the data just piling up just to see how fast some of these fish are being are, are growing, and then how fast they're being recaught, and how far distance they're being caught in between catches. So it's very interesting to see. The only problem we have is we haven't tagged any really big fish, so we haven't got to see how how much they grow or or their status is yet. I think the biggest that's tagged right now is forty six. Okay. So 
I was going to say let's yeah, let's go let's uh let's go even further back. Okay, so how how did and okay, so what was the purpose of this tagging study? Like, was it put forth by Muskie's Inc. or was it the the DNR? So it was, I believe, it was more of the DNR. Their efforts to they had because basically there's no knowledge about tiger muskies out there. So I I don't want to say it wrong, but I believe it was a culmination from our chapter, like people in our group as well as the DNR, saying let's do a study mostly on the DNR side, and they said, yeah, we'll, we'll be your guinea pigs to help catch these fish. You know? So the people in our group who wanted to participate and who catch a lot of fish got the tagging guns to tag these fish. So, Okay, so that's, that's kind of how it started. Now, yeah, no, the yep. heading on from there, I mean, if you don't know these answers, that's just you can say you don't know because... Absolutely. Um, how, how is this uh, study being funded? So the majority is that it's coming from the DNR, the state, because we have our own tiger muskie program now that they're actually able to um, create their own with the, with the pike and the, the muskie. But I believe we got a grant from Muskie's Inc. to help with buying some of the guns. and To, to boost the program. To, yeah. It, every little bit helps. I don't think it was a lot of money, but it was enough to, to make a difference, which we'll take whatever we can get because the science is going to be cool. It's going to help understand and hopefully this, this information will be shared. But yeah, Muskie's Inc. gave us some grant to help fund this operation. Okay. And then from there, uh, what was, what was the projected, are they shooting for a three year, five year, 20 year study? And I think it's, I think it's five or seven. Okay. Is what we're trying to get is basically from stocking, a few years ago to, to like basically end of life. I mean, I guess they're thinking these fish are seven to nine years is about what they live to. So they almost want to just, just follow the life cycle. And the, the, the premise here is catch the fish by whichever means tag it, fin clip it. And then, um, it, it just, it goes on its merry way and you're going to collect data only when you catch them. Or is it like GPS pinging? No, it, we don't, there's no GPS. It's just a, a, a normal tag that inserts. It has a number on it with the DNR's number. So people who catch it, other than just in our group, like local fishermen, will get back to us and we'll hopefully read the number. We'll look at the paper and say, okay, this fish was caught this year at this location and kind of just see the growth in it. If people measure it, just trying to get any information we can because – it started out small, but I think there's like 280 tagged fish mm-hmm. so far. And the, it's just a, it's just comparing notes and like having some basis to start from and then keep building it. Cause the tag, you know, I don't believe, I don't think the tags are too expensive to buy. So, and they don't harm the fish. Okay. So, so Come these on. are not radio transmitter tags. They're just like identification no. numbers. ID tags exactly. Okay, I'm just I want to I want to lay the groundwork on this on this cool study you guys are doing because, um, okay, so uh, in collaboration with Muskie's Inc., uh, the the Idaho DNR is working together, and Muskie's Inc. members who are trained can apply these tags to caught fish. Uh, the first year, I think you were said that the uh, trap nets caught some, and they just got a little boost there, and they're going to just run this. I mean, if there's no battery life to these tags, you could pretty much keep the study going as long as someone wanted to update the spreadsheet, right? 
Exactly, or as long as the fish survive, you know. Yeah, because there's no like death notification if, if like like since it's not transmitting any information, if it's laying in one spot for 48 hours, you know, there's no way of yeah. knowing. It's just it's gone. Yep. Okay. Or someone will find it washed up on shore, you know. Like basically, if we find a dead one, we pull the tag, call it in, and they'll take it off the list, but mark it as deceased, so there's no other conflicts with with that fish or that tag ID. Okay, very That's cool. cool. All right, so Vance, you were going to say something. I just wanted to get some a lot of forefront information out. So, no, and, and so are you? Are you carrying these tags on you? You said, yeah. So for clarity, yeah, I am. I think I have like five left from tagging this year, and we've tagged a lot of little fish. I think we've tagged a couple forty threes. We've caught some recaptures, and so yeah, I have them on my boat. Let me guess. You okay, have like in, in a in bandolier, the- and you just like just get ready. You know, they hit the net, and you just spear them. Let them go. Yep, put them back. Yep. Yep, tag them and bag, bag them and tag them, you know. There you go. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about that process of, okay, you got this fish in the net, now you now you have to tag it. What What's that process like? So, basically, what I like to do, I like to get the sex first, flip them over, check if it's a male or female based on the information we're given. After that point, put the tag in the tag gun, read the number, put it right behind the the back fin and put it in, put the tag in. And then of course, when it's ready to go, let it go. And then we'll text the, uh, the people who are in charge of the spreadsheet and it goes up and they go and If it's a fish that's been recaught, they'll see if, see who caught it and then update the, the spreadsheet. Pretty simple. Just tag it, let it go and keep fishing. Okay. So I sure. got a couple questions here. I'm going to keep sidelining this. So, what was the training from the DNR? Just a, a real quick overview. What did what did they teach you real quick? So the first, what we did was we, we, we have a DNR office right out here, and they brought in uh, wipers, which is a hybrid striper white bass. And so we basically, they brought the fish, and they showed us where to place the tag, and, and basically where to place the tag and how to clip the fin. And, you know, go, through, I think it's like, I don't remember the exact scientific words, but you go three, three, uh, things on the fin, clip it, pull it off, put it in a bag, send it in. And to make sure you get the tag gun in, you basically got to make sure it doesn't go through a scale because it won't punch through the scale. So it's like... Okay, so you kind of like rummage the nose to get in between some scales. Then you... Yeah, you, you push you, it in, pull the trigger, and it's in. Okay. And so, th- so that's like essentially training in a nutshell. How you're clipping the fin? You're, I imagine you're doing this like a pair of scissors or nail clippers or something. Uh, just your regular, yeah, side side cutters. Okay, and then so that's training. So now you're out there. You have a gun, and you got all these tags, and you're just out there fishing like normal. Okay, so how do they? How do they? How do you tell the difference between male and female? I know you can look online, but um, one's like so, a figure eight. One's like a line. Yeah, no, one's like a hour, like a like an hourglass. Okay, I believe the, the females and I got it's a females an hourglass. The males more square. Okay, so it's got you know like a black widow on their stomach. They got that um, hourglass looking, not hourglass, but a yeah, it's an hourglass. Oh, yeah, yeah, an hour, yeah, an hourglass. Yeah. It's got an hourglass. So I believe that's I have it in my book. I think that's what the female is, and then. The male is more square, square like a no rectangle, rectangular down by their, yeah, just it's right yeah. underneath 
I don't know what that part meant. I just right. came over and <laughs> right by there, know, John. You know, yes, right. Yeah, exactly. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's but, pretty cool. So you collect that, you get a little information, and then you just take it and send it right off uh, via text message. Yeah, and then with the fin clip, if you fin clip them, just take it. You'll attach the number, the sex, the length. They'll turn it in. They'll do their study. They'll let it dry out. And they'll, they'll do their science with being able to tell how old that fish is with the rough guess, you know? Okay. And is there times that you don't those, fin clip? I was, yeah. was going to say, I was, yeah, you, but, you're holding five tags, right? Oh, you have f- five tags left on me. Okay. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I got five or six left. Okay, so you do you tag the next six fish that you catch that don't have tags, or are you being choosy? No, so if once you ran out of tags, then it's just basically they're keeping numbers of like this fish caught. Okay, it was 31 inch male, and just just to keep an idea of how many fish have been caught. Like since there's no tags to ID it after that, I, I got you. Yeah. So, I mean, the next six fish that you catch without a tag on them, you're going to put it on there. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I'm, I've been holding out to catch hopefully some bigger fish just because there's a lot of little fish that have been tagged, not as many big fish. So there's a lot of that 28 to 36-inch fish. I want to see what happens with those 46 to 48-inch fish as they grow. Okay. Very neat. Very, very neat. So, it, okay, if if you're out on a, I don't want to say typical day because there's no typical day. Let's just say you catch twenty fish. Whoa, was you all right? Oh, my daughter's just yeah, we're good. <laughs> um, say so you catch twenty fish, and how many of those, on average, do you think are going to be tagged? So we've my boat has seen. A bunch of tagged fish. I'd say half of the fish we've caught, a uh, half, I don't, I'd say probably a third of the fish we've caught have been tagged this year. Okay. So a pretty good amount. Like we had a day where I think we went, we caught two tagged fish out of the three we caught. So, okay. And two of them were recaptures, and then we finally got one that didn't have a tag in it. So it's been a lot of t- more tagged fish this year, a lot of fish from last year. Um, a few fish from two years ago, but I've my boats seem to get the we, we catch a lot of tag fish, not very that haven't been tagged. Okay, not so is, is it, I guess, based off of like the amount of fish that you catch tagged, is there anything in the back of your head that's saying maybe there's not as many fish in here as I thought because they've all been recaptured? <laughs> Or is there, yes. like, what's your, what's your gut feeling on that? So it's, it's mostly fishing this year has been the hardest year I've ever had. And another good stick that I fish out with, same thing. A lot of little fish, not many big fish. So I was having a talk with my buddy who's, he's part of a, a the tiger musky program. And he's like trying to break it down. And like, it's hard for me because last year was good. This year is just, been been pretty tough but we had i think he said it was six years of no stocking and i think we're in the the low number years of of that and we're finally seeing the 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 downside of no low stocking numbers or no stocking at all so 
Can you uh, the density? I was going to say, can you go back down. on uh, what happened to those, you know, half a dozen years? So, um, yeah, so we had our stocking ponds. I think I told them this last one, and they had the the, the muskies in their in their uh, in their big pens or the big, you know, just it's a big pond. Yeah, the in, ponds, in the rearing ponds, and they got fished out. Somebody came in there and fished them all out, and for six years in a row. The, no, no. So what happened is they we were finally making our own, and then someone came and caught all the fish out of these ponds that they were going to use for the reproduction of, or the creation of the tigers. And did so, they? So like, hmm. obviously that wasn't a catch and release. This guy thought he was just on something fantastic. Uh, I mean, what I what I heard was basically some guys went in there, caught them all, called in, and said, "Hey, when are you going to restock these ponds?" And they're like, what ponds? Like these ponds right here. And they're like, oh, no. Like there's no fence. Like I said, I don't know how, who, what, when, or where, but somebody went out there and had a fun time catching muskies. And that that put us behind. And then with that setting us behind, the fish we were getting, I think, from Nebraska, Minnesota, one of those states, they got a disease. So we weren't able to buy clean fish. And so they, weren't able to stock. So in a matter of years, we couldn't produce our own. And then the fish we were purchasing weren't certified disease free. So we weren't going to put these fish in our lake. And here we are now where this year they have an over surplus of fish and we're finally, I think three years of stocking. And so we're seeing a ton of 30 inch fish. So we're not going to have those great years like we did 10 years ago until about three more years where the fish will be 34 to 42 inches again. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that is, that's good to see the little ones uh, in there right now. It, it is. I mean, it, it shows that we have a future and that, you know, these fish are growing up that, that, that have been stocked in the last two, three years, but you know, there's still giants in there. There's been one fifty that's come out this year. Normally there's, a handful of 45-inch-plus fish, and just not this year. The numbers are obviously down, and this, I think it's the middle of August, and I know me and another, my buddy Joe, who's a hell of a stick out here, he's got a, he's another one of the few people who's got a fish over 50. We haven't broke 40 inches, and we've been grinding, putting in the time, and, you know, we've had 40s in our boat, but just, we're not seeing the big fish. We cook big fish, but... The numbers are down. It's a hard pill to swallow, but the future is bright. And luckily, we have other lakes that are producing monster fish. We just got to wait for, you know, the science the next two years, these fish to grow up and be patient while the bugs were worked out in the system. Now, did you did you have a – would you say your last year's season was a lot better than this oh, year? La- last year was epic. Like, I had, a, I had a lot of fish. I caught that one giant, and I had – I don't know how many I I had, I don't know, I caught a, a few fish over that 45 inch range, and I saw a lot of big fish. A lot of big fish were put in my boat. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a good year. Like it was my best year casting. Trolling wasn't as good as it was mm-hmm. the year before, but the year before we were getting 47s, you know, 48 inch fish on the troll, and this year 
we go out and we catch 30 inch fish and you get spoiled, you know, you're really, we're really spoiled. And it's like, dang, when it was, when they had, when they had the system dialed in, putting 30,000 fish every year, we saw them everywhere. It's just not, we're not at that point, but they've got, they've got their program figured out and the future's looking awesome. Like I said, we have a lake that is pumping out monster fat, 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 24 inch girth tigers that are just ridiculous. I mean, that are 48 mm-hmm. inches. They're not even over 50 yet. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what, what that fish would be in two years or a year, you know, it just, mm-hmm. we're going to have to wait and take some time, but with so, these studies, we're able to understand and they can, they can have some science to, to do what they do. The DNR. Now with the ones you were catching last year, and we go through this on Chautauqua uh, a lot. I mean, they can't, they're, they're not, they did not die off. Uh, would you speculate that they have to still be in there, right? Uh, yes and no. So our lake, even though it's, you know, 7,000 or whatever, 6,000 feet high up in the mountains, our lake gets hot. And I swear, like, we have a few fish die off from natural causes, but my, we've seen fish that have been hit by ski boats. I mean, I've heard of multiple fish good sized fish being found floating or dead on shore. A lot of times they get, you know, our tigers mm-hmm. sur- will swim with their heads out of the water. Mm-hmm. And I've heard of people running them over on accident or just people fighting them to exhaustion. You know, that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing is these fish will come from say if they're 15 feet down where the, the surface temp is 76 down there. It's 10 degrees cooler. I'm sure that shock of heat doesn't help either. Mm-hmm. Sure. How how are your uh, water temperatures now in uh, the month of August? I mean, I was up this morning and it was 76. Mm-hmm. So still pretty warm. And it's been a weird year. We, we had a good winter, lots of snow. And so the lake is still pretty full. It hasn't dropped like it normally has. So there's just a lot of, a lot of, I know our lake is best when we have a lot of muskies, like, People, it's funny how people say, oh, muskies kill everything. Well, when I caught the biggest crappie, the biggest perch, the biggest bass, that lake was at the height of its population from from my experience. Now that it's over, I mean, we have so many stunning crappies, so many perch. Guess what? The muskies aren't there to control them. Hmm. So it's just one of those things where people like to blame something. And and then what? When the fish are gone, they blame something else. It's like. The perch are stunning. Why? Because there's not enough predators to keep them in line. Let, let mm-hmm. me ask you. Let me ask you this. So, you had a great season last year, and you know, kind of expanding on what Vance Vance said. You know that unless you think all those fish died, that there's still going to be some in there. Would it be humbling to think that maybe they switch locations, and you're not fishing where they're at right now? There's too many good sticks, honestly, that we fish the whole lake. I mean, there's one section we really don't fish just because it's 65 feet deep and the edges are rock. I mean, we know there's fish there, but I I find it hard to believe with how many good sticks I know that fish that lake. And I've had buddies who have had a great year. They've caught a lot of small fish, a couple big ones, but they even admit, like, Pine view the fish the population's down. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was periods when 
like we would find a couple of, I'd find two or three fish. I'd have to bury the fish. Cause I don't, I don't let them sit on the shore. We'll, we'll bury them, you know, give them a proper death and send them on their way to wherever they go. But wait, it's just That's the nice. science. You have to think back and think about it. Like, okay, there's six years missing. Those big fish that were 48 to 50 inches. Mm-hmm. Those fish from the six years ago that they missed were on the tail end of that stocking from seven and eight year before that, you know? So it's yeah it's, it's i just want it is it is what it is we we used to be able to drive around along the shore look in the weeds and see the tigers sitting in the weeds you just they're not as the numbers are the numbers are low but they're mm-hmm. going to be back they wash out i mean especially when they dump the lake right before it fills up they open mm-hmm. the ground fish fish make it down the river you know i mean there's all kinds of scenarios we cover the whole lake the places that we've fished for the last 13 years that there's always a fish on. Mm-hmm. They're not there. Are they open water? I'm not. I mean, with the technology with side imaging, we can see what's out there. You know, especially when we're trolling, we can see if there's fish on the on the breaks and sitting in the weeds. It's pretty cool, but we're not seeing the numbers like we used to. Well, at least you're seeing the little ones. I mean, like you said, you got a good. Uh, you guys are doing great studies there, and it, it sounds like in a couple of years it'll be banging there again. Oh, it's the future is bright, man. They just, I think they put like 28,000, um, three months ago, they're going to put another 10,000 and I think supposedly six to nine inch fish with like a much higher survival rate. So the future is bright. It's just those six years of no stocking or low stocking are mm-hmm. really showing their face right now. Like our lake pumps out, I'd say three or four legit 50 inch fish every year for a, for a lake of its size. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty good, especially for tigers, you know, there's not many 50 plus inch tigers caught in the country in, entirely, you know. Absolutely. Do you, do you think there's something special about the water that's causing? Because a lot of tigers, at least from my knowledge around here, to get one up over 38 or 40s is like a rarity. Other than the fact that a tiger's like a unicorn around here, um, is do you think there's something genetically? Is it was it purpose or just? you you have a perfect storm i from what i've gathered like one the lake is full of fish they can eat whenever they want right so the the food isn't the problem i believe their genetics from um oh they were the what's that awesome oh the i think they're the malax strain one of the minnesota lakes that leech lake we got this leech lake the leech lake strain that had the monster heads of monster group that we were getting. Now we're getting a different strain, but these fish grow faster, quicker. They're not as, as leech like, you know, as, as massively heads, but they grow faster. So I think that combined with what we have to offer for food. Like we have a lake that the tiger's been there 10 years and there, I have, we haven't heard of a legit 50, but it's a trout lake. And, full of uh, chubs these fish are 40 inch fish with 20 inch girths like you know then the 48s with 24 plus inch girth like these fish are so fat and healthy it's ridiculous i think we just have perfect conditions for them summer they can grab all summer with the hot water and just do their thing and then wintertime they can kind of just you know get by there's and a lot of these lakes too that are new the, there's not a lot of pressure time you has become all over social media and 
we're seeing people from all over coming in and catching fish, you know, enjoying it. But what it was 10 years ago isn't what it is today, but it'll be there in the next few years. Mm -hmm. From, from the data that you've seen on this study, what is your takeaway on it? Like your personal, maybe not necessarily the results, but what, what are you seeing? I'm just seeing, so growth rate, let me hear. I, I got some details. We got, we got a ton. I think the majority of the fish being caught right now are 28 to 34 inches. And does, does that tend to fit it. a year class? Yeah, that'd be, I think it was, um, those would be fish stocked three years ago. Okay. So, so here's some science for you. So the biggest growth rate from our study is a fish from 2018 and it was, it was caught 525, 2018 at 19 and a half inches. Almost a year later, it was, it was a uh, June 10th. So 51019. it grew seven and a half, seven and seven, five, 7.75 inches in a year. So that fish went from 19 and a half to 27 and a quarter in literally 12 months. Wow. So that's like three quarters of an inch a month. Yep. Yeah, that's huge. But but we haven't the cool thing is is I think that fish would probably be a second year fish. So that fish grew to twenty seven inches in two years is what I think that that was saying. Um another cool thing is a fish that I caught in twenty seventeen has been caught four times since I caught him in twenty seventeen, which is pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how big was it when you caught it and then See, so that they, that didn't have any info on that one. Um, let's see. So let's see what else we got. Uh, yeah, we've had fish caught three times since 2017. Um, so a, a cool fish we caught this year. My buddy caught it. I think it was three weeks before. Three weeks after we caught it. Three weeks after my buddy did. The fish literally went from one end of the lake to the other end of the lake and we caught it. He caught a cast and we caught it trolling. So to see how far that fish traveled in three weeks, we're like, why would that fish travel that far when there is food everywhere? Mm-hmm. You know? So we're, where, where, where it was caught, it's a grocery store. Literally it was in these docks and basically there is so much food for it to eat. Why would it swim? probably a mile or more away. Do you, does this shake your understanding of what would be a perceived home range? Like perhaps on a lake of certain size, the home range is the lake. I mean, so it, 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 that blows my mind. It seems a little excessive because I caught a fish, um, in the same spot. My buddy caught it probably a half a mile away. And I, I figure half a mile is about a home range, but my monster that I caught, my big one I caught, that fish was caught within a 500-yard range. So that fish didn't, I mean, he didn't have to go anywhere. He was caught three times, and when my, the second person caught him, I literally caught him 400 yards away. Mm-hmm. So we've, and we've caught, I think, the same fish three times in a year. It's just crazy, like, I swear these fish are bipolar. One day they're a pike, one day they're a musky. They don't know what they want to be. <laughs> and if they want to eat in the eight, then they won't go in the eight. It's like, you know, you, it's the bipolar fish. 
<laughs> yeah. Hey, Vance, remember, I think it was last week we talked about, was it that James Bond or 007? Yeah, the, the 007 fish that is traveling from Lake St. Clair all the way to Buffalo. Buffalo and back. That's, yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's just weird. You know, I don't want to say it's weird. I mean, it's probably just very natural. And we're just now starting to understand this. Uh, there's just been a lot of debunked, accepted, air quote truths from like the 60s and 70s that people have had done and it's just it's interesting because that 007 fish and then you're talking about fish that you're catching on your home lake that are you know some are being caught very close to where they were caught originally or prior and then now you got some that are just pinging all over the place uh, it, it could be a little bit more eye-opening I'm, I'm going to probably say in that there might be a large sector of the population that literally like to roam. That's just what they do. If there's food everywhere, why it's not like he's leaving food to find food. It's mm-hmm. there's food everywhere. Yeah. That, that, that just makes me, I mean, nobody knows yet about this. There's not enough studies. You guys will, you guys will be able to put something together on that lake. Uh, that maybe shows that these fish are just like constantly roaming or you might just find out that the big ones have the home range. Like what you, what you did. It's like, you think you got something figured out and then all of a sudden it's completely opposite. Uh, how big well, is that? How big is the lake again? I think it's 2,600 acres, 2,600 acres. Mm-hmm. So, and they're just bouncing all over the place. Well, the summer, crazy I- thing, like, the the one thing I did learn over the last 10 years is what I would see is early season, early spring, the fish would, the smaller fish would come to the main spots where we'd always catch fish. There'd be small fish there first, right? And then mm-hmm. as the season progressed, as summer came closer, I felt the bigger fish would push out the smaller fish. And it was always like the big fish spots. There was always a little fish on there early and we catch a small 30 inch fish, then, you know, as the season progressed, a big fish would come and sit on that spot, push everything out. And we'd either catch the fish or we'd chase the fish, you know? So and it was pretty consistent. There's, there's like 10 spots in the lake that everybody fishes. That there's always fish on whether they're going to eat or not is another story, but there's, you know, where a big fish is supposed to be. And that was pretty evident for fish I chased last year and I found them on the big fish spots. They were always there. There was little fish early in the season. Then my September, we had big fish sitting on the spots they should be. It's, you well, fish a lake so often, it's not very big. And with as many good sticks who fish it as often as I do, you know, we, we put our brains together and we, for the most part share, but we're a lot of, we're tight because it, the competition is, is real. It's not a competition, but like the the added pressure what works. What? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what do you think changed the small fish to big fish off of you know your your good structure? Do you think it was water temperature? Do you think it might have been photo period of the days? Um, do you have a? Did you dive into that at all? I mean, the, the thing for me is. And I just looked at my experience based off my friends. Like 
a spot that's held big fish this year, it held big fish. There was fish there. I saw them. It wasn't as often, but go back to when the lake had high numbers, there was always fish there. With the lake having low numbers and only seeing small fish on big fish spots, it makes me think that, okay, the big fish just aren't there. Why would a fish that's been there, like I've been catching big fish off this spot for 10 years, why would it suddenly be a spot loaded with little fish unless big fish aren't there, you know? they pass away did they get caught and die that's did uh, anything like myself any any difference in weed growth or average temperature this summer i mean it's been hot longer but that's about it and the lake's been full normally the lake is dramatically lower but all that does is tighten the fish up and it makes it easier for us because all the underwater structure that the good sticks know of use it to their ability and like, I have buddies who caught a lot of fish last year. They haven't even caught fish this year. It's just the only thing that was cool this year that I learned from a – well, my buddy brought it up, but we had a morning. We went three for ten. My buddy caught all three fish, so he was – he was set, he was he got bit seven times. I got bit three times, lost them both, lost them, lost my fish. He caught three, but we, we moved ten – what was it? No, eight fish off of one – 20 foot spot there was over seven fish on one spot i've never seen that but talking to my buddies who who had had a killer year he's like yeah the biggest thing is he's fishing the same areas that he knows where fish are instead of power fishing and just covering water you find a fish there's normally going to be a bunch more whether it's because it's good cover or if there's a lot of bait there but for the day we found a ton of fish the bay fish were so stacked and they were ridiculous. There was fish everywhere. I've never seen so many fish packed into a small area that were just literally eating. We come back the next day. I think we caught one or two, but we, we didn't move. We didn't see seven, eight fish, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know if the smaller ones are packing up with, with a bigger fish in the mix sitting out deeper, but it's just been a whole change. Like once we thought we had them figured out from years, my buddy who had a, who's had a killer year, he's like, he gave me some advice. Just if you find a fish, there's normally more fish. That that has kind of been true, but I've found the bigger fish are solo. There's normally one big fish on the spot, or a couple couple smaller fish sitting on the spot. So it's I tried it all. I beat up areas where I know fish are, and they just wouldn't go, or we we had our chances and just blew it. So. This year has been a humbling year. It's it's just I, waiting and I would probably say yeah. like if you ha- if you're not doing it because of the unique situation that you're in with with this uh year class is missing and in your spots and, and just struggling, I think this would be especially with this tagging study, making your own personal notes on something like this, and this goes for any angler who's really trying to pick apart and document a body of water. Um, you, you kind of like write down these notes. So in three to five, 10 years, you know, should something like this happen again, you're going to be like, Hey, let me, let me go back on this, like a journal almost saying, Hey, I'm noticing this. I'm theorizing that this is what I'm finding. And it just, that would be a really cool thing for just personal documentation wise. Um, Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like the things I've learned this year, like I went back old school, we were using, the baits we're using to catch these fish are stuff we haven't thrown in years. And it's like, why would they eat that? And they're like, okay, well, that's the same size as the 
perch in here. That makes sense. They're, the perch aren't 10, 12 inches like they have been. You know, there's millions of these three to four inch perch and crappie, and that's what they're eating. So you got to give them what they're used to eating, and it's been the only thing that's really worked. That's super neat, and I think that's a good like a good idea. So if you get into a rut down down the line here, uh, you can. Uh, you know, look back and do this, but it sounds like the stocking uh, is going to remain pretty good, correct? Oh, it, the future, like I said, they've got it dialed in. The lakes are full. They've added a few more lakes that are just going to – what's going to come out of Utah for tiger muskies, not only the lake I primarily fish, but Joe's Valley? Holy shit, man. It, people are keeping it to the chat close to the vest because of, like – there i've seen the fish in there are just massive they're so fat from eating trout all day like it's i can't wait till a 50 comes out of there it'll, it'll it's gonna blow up it's gonna blow up the social social media it's gonna be crazy because we've seen how fast they've grown and how fat they are our lake will be back it's just you know luckily we have other places to fish and the dnr has done more than their part to to get behind the science and get ahead of the years of lost stocking so you know it's been a good partnership that our chapter muskie you know muskies non-west muskie's been a part of to help be proactive about this because we we're we're passionate man this group of people is just they are great i can't say more good things than the people that come together the seminars they put on the multiple seminars every year the 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 trash pickups on the lake like it's we we've made a presence and we're trying to help this fishery and it's cool. You know, we, we love this. We love this lake. We have most of the members are 15 minutes from the lake. So we're passionate. The, the leaders in our group are passionate and they go, they make it happen without muskies Inc and using them as, you know, the forefront to just joining muskies Inc was huge for us. We needed that, that uh, established organization who is proactively bettering the future and it's been awesome, man. Like, the future's bright. I'd love for you guys to come out here and see how it is. Like, Brian Klein, I don't know if you guys know him, but he's he's a hardcore trolling guy. He trolls Green Bay. He's a guide out there, puts big fish, travels all over the country, comes out to Utah the last four years. Every year he's put a 48 in the boat. This year, he's like, it's been a tough year. You know, he came out, he stays a week with either me or my buddy Joe, and he grinds. He literally fishes from sunup to sundown. He trolls and trolls and trolls. And it's for him to for him to be like, yeah, things are different, you know. He he comes here and he he puts normally puts more fish in the boat than a lot of people who fish the whole year out here. He's a good stick, and it's just the consensus everybody sees that the numbers are down. But with the partnership we have with you know Muskie Muskie's Inc. and uh, the DNR, we're gonna get back to where we need to be, and it'll be better than it's ever been because it's our voice has been heard. Like we said, we needed help. They stepped up to the plate. They did their part and we do our part by backing it up with, with whatever, however we can help, you know, educate people, put on these seminars, how to hold them properly, remove hooks, everything we can to share our passion with, with people who don't know. That's a, you know, we have a lot of people who have no idea and we just did a, I, I just, organized a uh we did a leader building barbecue at my house 
we we had a bunch of members come over we cooked a ton of food if you don't know we we cooked some food out here made a bunch of leaders we gave them to one of the shops to hand out for when you bought a bait um, we still have a bunch to give out for when people come and help out at our uh, trash pickups, our adopt a beach program. And we just, we just want to be proactive and, you know, letting people know these fish are fun, but they're fragile too. Let's take care of them. Let's protect the resource. You know, if you, we're here to help and we're here to protect these fish. Now I'm going to, I'm going awesome. to, I'm going to turn the tables around real quick. So uh, it seems like the DNR is on your side. Muskie's Inc you know, stepped up with all the collective uh, voices of all the members in your area. Is there a outspoken anti-musky movement at all in your area? Um, or is it just I would say lack it, of education? It, it, it'd be lack of education for sure. Like lack of education all day. I don't think that people, once they like, actually dive in and read the science behind it like they don't realize the actual perks like of what the tigers will do to these lakes that they're putting them in like the fish are going to get bigger they're going to thin out the herds once they hear that they're like okay cool you know that's what that you want big fish well here we go you're not only going to have a chance to catch big trout but you could tie into a muskie like they're putting in these trout these muskie and trout lakes and at first people were like oh the muskies ate the trout or muskies ate the bass no it's low water years they're reservoirs so they can't spawn you know they the bass can't spawn the perch can't spawn they don't look they don't understand that the boom and bust cycles of panfish or or bass like they they just think oh these big fish coming to eat all our fish no they don't understand the science and to be able to tell them and educate them is is the key and with social media being able to share that and people to actually listen it's if they don't want to listen they're not going to listen but it's cool to see people like actually you see that light bulb go off like, Oh wow. They aren't hurting them. You know, the science proves that these fish do help out. It's a lack of education from people who have no idea that can poison the well, but we're just trying to, to get the common understanding that these fish, these tigers are putting these lakes to control the overpopulated fish, whether it's perch, crappie, chubs, any unwanted species without having to kill a lake like they'll, they'll like kill a whole lake to protect it well, why not put some wipers and some tiger muskies who eat a lot of food clean it up and you'll, you'll have your fishery back even better it's just educating on them that they're not going to wipe out your lake very nice that's i just awesome. i didn't know if there was like a you know rocky mountain trout foundation that's you know very much opposed no. to any of this well, stuff not that there's, it's I don't not even help. know if it's that's a real group or not, but <laughs> go ahead. There, there's all kinds of stuff like that, but like I still see people who the worst thing is watching someone pose for a picture for 10 minutes out of water, throw it in their tin boat on a hundred degree day, flopping around or just the bass guys, they'll just chuck them in the water. And I'm like, dang, man, that's how would you like, how would you like it if I picked up your four pounds smallmouth and threw it in the air? I mean, it's, yeah, I, it's crazy. I, like, I mean, yeah, that, that's a tough one right there because at least they threw it back. You know, you got to like. True, true. <laughs> but I mean, we, I, there's been stories of people watching people take the muskies, putting them in a cooler and taking off. And, you know, I, you're right. Throw them back. But like, I've, I watched a bass guy this year catch a muskie, just threw it up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just want to catch a four pound smallie and see it. I bet he'll try and fight me. You know, it's like, 
what's the difference? You know, there's no <laughs> difference. Yeah, he'd probably lose his mind if you like you, you had it on a yellow rope. You went up, you're like, hey, you're bass fishing. Check out this one. It's like eyes are all like just completely hazed over. It's been dead all day like, in the bottom of your boat. <laughs> seagulls circling you. Oh, absolutely. It's just we're trying to we're trying to create a common ground for even the bass guys because I think once they understand the whole predation thing, like like I said, the biggest bass I caught out of the lake I fish was when there was a ton of muskies. There wasn't very many little bass, but the bass were bigger. The spawn when the spawns were better. It's just it all goes back to the basic knowledge of the ecosystem. Like if you don't understand that they can't spawn when there's no, when there's no areas for them to spawn, then you're gonna find something else to blame until you're educated on what what causes that. You know the root of the problem. Oh yeah, truth. Well, is there anything else you want to add to this? You guys are just lucky that you got naturally producing fish and that, I mean, you, you probably don't have to worry about the, a lot of the issues we do and, you know, just be, be very fortunate to what you have. And I'm just glad that they got it figured out and that the, the future is going to be bright and that we have a group in Muskies Inc. I will keep saying Muskies Inc. because our group is awesome and my, my kids' future of fishing for these fish is in good hands and just appreciate the, the your true true musky lakes that your fish reproduce and they you don't have to worry about years of missed stocking or any of that but you know that's in the past for us and we got a bright future is this study going to be published anywhere or is this kind of being kept for the dnr I, no i'm pretty so i just when i was asking about this earlier today they haven't got back us uh, back to us on the age, but with the super proactive people in my group, I'm sure that this will be, this will get published some sort, just so we ha people have knowledge. I mean, the information isn't secretive, you know, it's, it's all useful, interesting information. Who doesn't want to know how much a tiger grows? I mean, you know, to some, it may be boring, but to people who have tigers, like, oh, cool. You know, they planted them two years ago. Okay. From your science, it's 20 inches in two years. In another year, it's 30 inches. Like, like okay, cool. Four years, we'll have mid-30-inch mid fish. Four or five years, we'll have 40-inch fish. That's something for people to look forward to, get excited about. So I think with how our group is, how we're open and honest with, with who we are and what we find, I think the study, once it's compiled, it'll be shared. And it'll be just – we want – I think we're going to – you know, crack the code and share some good information for people who want to learn, want to learn and want to listen and, is, and just be involved in a cool study. Is any of this being shared from your Muskies Inc. group on any social media right now, or who should people follow to keep an eye on, you know, possible so, updates? So for the tagging, like who's caught what, what tag number, it's basically we have a Facebook page. It's Mount West Muskie. It's open to whoever wants to be in it for the most part. Um, it's just our group, like, you know, we, um, the husband and wife couple, um, Troy and Blake, Troy Lynn and Blake who run, who, who update us every month they post what's going on. So if you're in the group, you guys are more than welcome to, to come in and just kind of, I think you get a kick out of it, you know, just to see how we run our stuff. I mean, it's the only way you get, you, you learn and progress to see how other people do it and you take from others and make your own and make changes. But you guys should check it out. I mean, okay. And, and where crazy, can we find crazy. it again? 
it's a uh, it's just on Facebook. We have a private group. I can add just message me. It's basically I think a member has to add you. I think it's just Mountain West Muskie Chapter sixty five is what you can search in the search bar. Mountain West Muskie sixty five. Chapter sixty five. Yes, I believe okay. that's Mountain West Muskie Chapter sixty five. Search that out on Facebook. If anyone wants to, yeah, Andy, come and plug your stuff on our page. I mean, I'm sure there's some members that would. <laughs> you make good stuff, man, and you make good products. So get some get some gear out here in Utah. That's right. The post. Beautiful. Well, you're coming out uh, in in March to the Musky Max because you want that swim bait. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> throwing it way back about an hour ago. So. Okay. Yep. So yeah, I could add you guys and, you know, we always enjoy seeing others from other parts of the country in our group and being interactive and learning from other good fishermen. You know, we all can offer something for somebody else. I love it. Awesome, man. Love it. Sounds like the future's on the up and up. Uh, Good luck with everything out there. Um, And also, uh, if you don't know, Bryce makes an excellent seasoning. Uh, Scallion's Ninja Rub. That stuff's legit. I use it like every other night uh, on protein. So check that stuff out. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah, it, it, it'll change your cooking skills and it makes life that much tastier. <laughs> right. Well, well said. Well said. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do like one little takeaway thought on all of this. So, you know. We, we, we talked as best we can about the science of all this and, you know, some of the data and all this stuff. I think something that's important that's very easily overlooked, and at least what I'm taking away, is um, here we have, we have a fisherman, Bryce, who went through the heydays on his lake, have now hit some of the low, the lows on the lake. And instead of what a lot of people will do, is, you know, they could, lack of better words, they'd bellyache. They would sit there and point fingers. They would complain about governing agencies and what have you. But that's not his attitude right now. His attitude is positive. Look to the future. Look at what's going on now. You know, he might not be yanking 50s, but he was excited for three out of 10 strikes just the other day, which is a lot of action. But just kind of knowing that you're going to ride through these lows to get to the highs, um, and and that's any body of water. It can happen naturally. I've seen water change dramatically with prevalence of species, and I just I see it so much on hunting and fishing different groups on forums and whatever. How it's oh I'm having a bad season. It can't be my fault. Um, sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. But belly aching doesn't get you anywhere. So I was just commending you on your positivity. So, Oh, absolutely. You know, it's musky fishing. It's fishing. It's not catching. If it's catching every, it'd, it'd be bad. It'd be trout fishing. It's uh, you know. <laughs> the girl. Scouts I love my trout it. fishing. Like, it's rainbow trout fishing with power. Bay. like it, we, we, we musky fish cause we love the grind. Nothing's better than that bite, but it's, you know, I know people who get a fish twice a year. They just want some kind of action. I just enjoy it. I enjoy the challenge like you guys and, it's a tough time, but what am I going to quit and go do something else? Hell no. I love this. I love this grind. It's, that's what I love about it. Beautiful. Well said. I like it. So with that, hit any plugs you want, Bryce, and then we're going to wrap this up. 
Mountain West muskie, muskie zinc, you know, let's just keep working to the future of muskie fishing. We, we have to, it's on us. We can't blame anybody else. If you don't voice your opinion in your chapter, speak loud, say what you have to say. If, if you're not happy with how things are going, shake it up. But it's up to us as fishermen to ensure the, the future for, for our kids and the future generations. So do your part. Don't bitch about it. Get it done. I, like I love it. it. I like it a lot. So um, with that, I'm going to kind of close this out with our plugs. So uh, early March, 7th and 8th, Musky Max. Uh, that's our best show. I love that show. Any vendors out there, hit up Sean, hit up the website, hit up the Facebook page. Get your booth now as they are running out. We talked a lot about Musky Zeke. Thank you. Baker Bates. Uh, let's see, St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine and Sports Center, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, book up with Todd and Vance, put on your big boy pants. That was a line from a guy that did a freestyle rap that I cannot play. I wanted to, though. And Fatty Z Muskie products. Big thanks. I think I hit them all. Did I miss anything, Vance? No, you're good. All right, perfect. Everyone, thanks for listening.